Okay. Atvach. Um, today we just read. Was, Yosef was the um, second command to the Pharaoh. And he was empowered by the Pharaoh to do whatever he wanted to do, pretty much. But still, his empowerment was limited by the Pharaoh. It was designed by the Pharaoh and limited by the Pharaoh. And, and so the strength that um, Yosef had wasn't, uh, wasn't um, without any limitation. There was limitation. On the other hand, Yehuda, he went against the government, against Yosef, against Paro, and he demonstrated that it doesn't matter what Yosef would say or Paro would say, he needs to free his brother no matter what's going to happen. And although it doesn't seem that it was warranted, but there's something about Yehuda's approach to Yosef, about Yehuda's coming before Yosef, that, and the way he came before Yosef, that um, actually empowered the Jewish people then um, when they came to Egypt, and also has relevance to us before the coming of Mashiach, that although Mashiach hasn't yet come, and we're still in the exile, but with the kind of strength that we have to have is similar to that of Yehuda. And the last Hebrengen that we merited to have from the Rebbe, Rebbe spoke about the strength of Yehuda, and he said, I'm just going to say one point, um, that is that Yehuda was the grandfather of... Um, of David, grandfather of Mashiach, and his position in front of Yosef has a lot to do with us, the moments before Mashiach's arrival. We have to learn something from what Yehuda did. And I brought an example from Purim, from Hanukkah, we prepared for Purim, and that is that um, Mordechai, oops, sorry about that, Mordechai um, did not bow to Haman. And although Haman had the right from Achashverosh to make all kinds of rules, Mordechai didn't consider the rules. Mordechai didn't consider Haman to be an entity. In fact, um, Mordechai not only did not bow down to Haman, but it says that Mordechai um, was a Yehudi. What's a Yehudi? Yehudi means someone who does not reckon at all with anything which is Zaralei, anything which is not for Hashem. If it's not for Hashem, Mordechai doesn't consider that to be an entity. So while Haman represents idolatry and anything other than godliness, Yehuda represents the opposite, only godliness, and not, the, and not giving, ascribing any power to anything other than Hashem. So while Yosef... Um, expressed the, the will of Hashem being fulfilled in Egypt, it was to a limit. It, was, it, it left room for something else. Versus Yehuda, his service of Hashem didn't leave room for any kind of um, thing other than Hashem himself. Yehuda served Hashem in a way that there was no nature, there was no government. It was just what Hashem wants and that's it. So on that note, I want to share with you a little bit of the famous Fabrengen that the previous Rebbe gave uh, in Purim, Tafresh Pezayin, in Purim in um, 1927, I believe. Um, the previous Rebbe, into his home, a lot of people came, and this Fabrengen was 
um, was remembered very much because, besides the events that happened at the Fabrengen itself, but also because there were spies there from the KGB and the GPU, the um, from the Evsektia, from the arm of the KGB that was run by Jews for the per- that that um, was bent on destroying any vestige of of Judaism in the Soviet Union, and it was the events of this this Fabrengen that eventually led to the previous Rebbe's arrest that same year. So the, this Fabrengen was very unusual, and um, and it, it it displayed the this kind of courage of Yehuda that there is nothing else. The all there is is the will of Hashem. And I want to share some points of the Fabrengen. It was a long Fabrengen. I want to share a couple of points in the Fabrengen to give a little taste of, of what was going on then. And although we don't have the same challenges, Baruch Hashem, that, 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 that was in Soviet Russia in, uh, in that year, 1927, but nevertheless, um, we do need, as, uh, um, as before the coming of Mashiach, to have the same kind of courage against the challenges that we have within ourselves and from without, not to be embarrassed and not to succumb to um, mediocrity. So let's 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 try to get to the um, try, try to um, go to that place, go to that Fabrengen of the Friedrich Rebbe. So a lot of people came. The house, the Friedrich Rebbe's home, was full of people. And the Fabrengen began with the previous Rebbe sharing various things. Um, uh, he's mentioned, among other things, that the evil inclination tries to make a person bitter at a time of joy. It's supposed to be a time of joy. Um, and he um, spoke about how he asked someone to give out uh, l'chaim, to take for himself and give to others l'chaim, pour l'chaim for others. And a lot of l'chaim was, was drunk at that Febrengen. Actually, the guy he told to, uh, to, give to, uh, to, to give to take for himself and to give to others, he didn't take for himself. And the previous had noticed this. And he said to him that in Hasidus, there are two terms one is mavri and one is slapshus. Mavri means just pass things over, and slapshus means to become, when something is given to you, to like become absorbed and connected with it. So uh, the previous rabbi mentioned how um, sometimes you may speak to someone in a way that you bring them close to you because the person won't be able to handle any stern words. So you're, you're speaking to them in, very, in, your, in a very endearing way, not because the person is, is, has done anything to be especially... Um, worthy of such attention, but he needs that because he won't be able to hear anything else. And, so, and conversely, a, so, a, a rebbe may speak to someone very sternly, but the guy may be um, really on a high level, but he's able to to uh, handle and be, be going even higher level. So um, there's one chassid that the Fabrengen was in was Chaim Amstelovsky. The previous rebbe said to him, "My father looked at you." And when the tzaddik looks at someone, it has an effect, and uh, it affects not just you but your family. Anyways, Frank was going on, but when midnight came, there was a lot of excitement at Frankin. People were singing, and as a previous ever described himself, there was great excitement, and enthusiasm, and memories started to flow in the Friedrich Rebbe himself and in the Chassidim. And they were thinking about how uh, many of the people 12 years before 
were in Lubavitch with Rebbe Rashab, and they would they would stand on the bleachers to listen to the Rebbe Rashab in the main study hall in Lubavitch, and the feelings that they had then with the Rebbe Rashab, and how a whole the whole world was turned over since then, and the um, and the shiva was closed, and Lubavitch uh, was exiled, they had to leave and to go from there to Rostov and. And, and all the kinds of changes in the, the War of Brother, all kinds of things that, that happened, that, um, that, that things weren't the way they were, uh, were before. And the nostalgia, or more accurately, the, the deep soul yearning for what was then, and where they were at that point. Um, in addition to just the actual being in the Rebbe's presence at, at, in the middle of, of, the, um, of, of, of the government of Stalin and Soviet Russia, it, it, this um, that that itself would have caused great great ex- infinite excitement and 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 the heart being open considering all the the challenges that they were ever increasing at that time. So, but suddenly at midnight, the previous Rebbe is crying and crying like a stream of tears coming from his eyes, and suddenly as if as if he just landed from outer space, or as if he just rose up from the earth. He said that, um, listen, my brothers, Jews, especially Hasidim, he says, listen. He said that um, we're right now in the exact situation that our forefathers were when they left Egypt. They had the, um, the sea in front of them, the desert on their sides, and the Egyptians, um, and the Egyptians behind them. And the previous, previous Rebbe said that um, that's a similar situation that they were in then, that they have the Efsektia, this, this, this arm of the, the KGB that was bent on destroying Judaism, they're behind us. They're like the Pharaoh and his army chasing after us. And in front of us is the sea, the sea of sacrifice, the sea of, of trusting in Hashem, and we have to jump into the fire of sacrifice. That's what previous I was talking about, jumping the fire of sacrifice. He even um, he even made the point in, of saying, he said to one chassid, that um, uh, that you, you have to send your children to the cheder, to a Jewish school. And he said, if someone doesn't send their children to the school, to a Jewish school, and they send their children instead to the communist school, they won't. They won't. If they live, send their children to a Jewish school, meaning to study underground. Um, and he was mentioning that the Fabrengen, how that's legal. He said that according to the Russian uh, constitution, everyone has a right to teach their children in any way that they want to, and it's legal, and they should. They're allowed to do it. And and he said that if someone sends their children to a to a, a um, to the the come to the Fsektia school to the um, they won't they won't survive the year. They will not, that's what you said. They'll, 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 so, and then he called over one of his chassidim who worked as a as his one of his secretaries who was later killed by the Nazis, Machshimam of Eliachaim Altois. And he said to Eliachaim like this He said, This year you had a hard year because you didn't listen to what I asked you to do. What did I ask you to do? Said, I want you to put out a, a message to the entire Russia, which is twenty thousand viewers by twenty thousand viewers. Viewers is a measurement of distance. 
And I want the message to be this. You said the Rebbe passed away, meaning his father passed away. He left a over a son, and people don't know what kind of soul he has. Because if they knew what kind of soul he has, they wouldn't stand near him without going to the mikvah. And you have to send your children to go into a Jewish school. And a child doesn't go to a Jewish school as if, if someone has a child not going to a Jewish school, it's if, as if he doesn't have a child. And um, and he asked Rebbe Yechayim if he would send this message out that that you ha- um, that you have to send your children um, to a Jewish school. And he sent to he called over one chassid, Rebbe Zalman Nevler. He said to Rebbe Zalman, he said, "Do you know what to do if there would be a pile of dry wood and they would light a fire?" And they ask you whether to send your child to a, a to their school or to jump in the fire. Do you know what to do? And you have to need to jump into the fire instead of sending your child to a to their to, to the communist schools. Um, anyways, he he asked Rebbe Yechaim three times. He said it three, three times over and over again that that um, um, that you had to send his children to a Jewish school, and if not, you will not survive the year. That's it. He said over three times, and he was and he. Tore open, and I tore it, but he, opened, he uncovered his, his, his holy heart, opened his shirt, and he started beating his chest to the point that his, he was, his soul was coming out in his words. He was speaking in a way like, like uh, with such force, such intensity. And, and he told Rebel Yechayim, he said, I accept upon myself all of the four capital punishments of the Jewish court. In other words, I accept all, all kinds of death penalties. And he said to him, if you see my body burning, don't have feel bad. The main thing is the, the mind, not the body. That's who he's speaking about. And Rameir Simcha Chain, he approached the previous Rebbe, and he said to him, we, we can't hear these words. We don't want to hear these words. We need our Rebbe to be here in this physical world. And all the Chassidim echoed this and said, yeah, yeah, we need the previous Rebbe to be here. And the previous Rebbe said that I, um, actually at one point, they called the previous Rebbe's mother to the Febringen. They thought that if she came, Rebbe Zinshtar Nesara, um, she would be able to save the Rebbe from, from his, from his uh, um, pain. And he was clearly um, affecting his health, the way he was speaking with such force. So she came, and when she came, the previous Rebbe stood up, and with great respect to his mother, he said, Mama, my mother, he said, please, please go back into your room and say Tehillim with tears. The Tehillim with tears will help. That's what he said. And, and, she, and she was, before she could say anything, um, he told her, whatever I'm doing, I'm doing this with my father's consent. You know, it's not me. It's my, it's my, it's, it's my father, meaning her husband, her late husband, Rebbe Sanchez's late husband, the previous Rebbe's father. Whatever he was doing, the previous Rebbe was saying he's doing this with his father's instruction and consent. Um, I'm not sure exactly what this means, but the previous Rebbe shared the following at one point. He said, when a mayor Simcha came to the previous Rebbe and said to the previous Rebbe that we want the Rebbe to be here alive, we need the Rebbe here. The previous Rebbe said, but I asked my father, like Nikolai. My father said, yes, like Nikolai. And Mayor Simcha said, we don't know what that means. Can you please explain to us what that story is about? The previous Rebbe said, you don't know the story? And he started telling the story. 
you said that um, when Tsar Nikolai was was just a, um, a a heir to the throne, he was a prince, so he went for a military excursion, military training, and because he was a, the prince, it wasn't just like a regular training, but he um, maneuvered and um, the the armies and 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 he um, got all the the soldiers to, to uh, do some excellent uh, tactics and training, and he really got things shaped up over there in the army, and he was very appreciative of the officers and the generals for the um, tremendous success that these maneuvers had. But his father was very upset about this. His father called him. His father said to him, listen, I really appreciate, because the problem was the gifts that he gave to the officers were far beyond the uh, coffers of the royal kingdom at that time. So his father called him over, and his father criticized him, and he said to him, listen, the fact that you did the maneuvers, I really appreciate that, and I and I like that, and I, and I, and I, and I um, validate and I applaud what you've done for the, for the soldiers. But the gifts that you gave, with your, without first of all, you didn't ask for permission. Second of all, was beyond what we could afford. And because of this, he exiled him from, from the capital for several years. Similarly, the previous Rebbe said by the Tzemach Tzedek, Tzemach Tzedek, uh, was once approached by a chassid, needed a blessing for children, and the chassid, um, uh, the, the, the Tzemach Tzedek told his son, the Maharil, Yudalayb of Kapus, later after previous after Tzemach Tzedek passed away, he became um, a, a leader of a Hasidic dynasty called the Kapus Rechsidim, and the Tzemach Tzedek asked him to bless this man with children. Why he didn't bless him himself, I have no idea, but that's what happened. So when he blessed him with children, he took the license of being able to bless, and he blessed not just with children, but blessed him his children should be wealthy, and all kinds of other blessings that weren't included in the words of Tzemach Tzedek. So Tzemach Tzedek found out about this, and he canceled him, he, he rebuked his son and told the Maharil, he cannot come to hear Hasidus for an entire year. Uh, which was considered a grave punishment for, imagine, for this tzaddik who was learning from his father. Anyways, but uh, the similar thing the previous episode about himself, there were once two yeshiva students that needed something, and um, and uh, the previous Rebbe um, asked his father to help them, and his father said to him, he asked his, his, fa- his father said, basically he said, like Nikolai, like, I-, I don't know exactly what this means, but something to the effect of, like, there's sometimes there's a need to take initiative, but there's also a consequence to take initiative. Now, so the previous Rebbe was 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 I think alluding to it this for bringing that that yes there is a, there's a need for sacrifice, but at the same time there's a need for sacrifice. There's yes there's, there's something that his father wants, but at the same time he needs to take initiative. Um, he also mentioned this for bringing his I have strength to do and I have faith. That I could do what the mission is, what my father is entrusting me, what I'm, what I'm supposed to be doing, and he mentioned how um, Remendel of Haradok once was approached by a chassid of his and asked for a blessing for children, and Remendel said, "I cannot bless you, but if you have faith in me, your faith in me will empower you, will empower me to um, to bless you." That's. Um, 
some of the things that happened this from Rengen, it's a sham, um, uh, God willing, we'll uh, maybe learn about the rest of the Rengen another time. But I just want to mention one more point. That is that, that is the spies that were there. Um, also forgot to mention before that, before the spies. When, when the rabbits and Shanusara came in, the Friedrich Rebbe um, looked at her and she looked at him and we asked her to go back to the room. She didn't go back to the room. She came over to him and she tried speaking very softly to he should listen. And he was crying and she was crying. And all the chassim were looking at them, but they're both looking at each other and crying. And as the previous Rebbe spoke with such emotion, they literally fainted. And they brought the previous Rebbe to the next room. And they, had, and they poured cold water on him to revive him. And it took about 10 minutes to him uh, for him to, to be revived. And um, the Fabrengen continued, and they, and they finished the Fabrengen. And um, at the end of the Fabrengen, uh, went on all night. Uh, there was a chassid whose name was uh, Rav Yaakov Zarevitcher. Rav Yaakov Zarevitcher sat on the floor and he sang the famous nigan of the Shpel the song of the Shpel The song goes like this. Agevald and Agishrei and Agifilder and Alter Fater Zuch Fein A old father is looking for his children. And then the next part of the song is that the children, um, the father says to the children, "My children, my children, please come to me." Uh, it's 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 lonely to be by myself. And then the last part of this nigan is the children say to their father, "Father, father, how can we go to you when there's a guard by your door?" That's what the children say to the father. So Mendel Futafas was speaking about this nigan once, and he said that the children have the last word. That the children are, have, meaning Hashem is asking us to look for him. Hashem is asking us to be with him. However, the children say to Hashem, there's a guard by your door. So Mendel Futafas said, who is the guard by the door? The guard by the door is the evil inclination, the Yitzhahara. And Mendel said, the Yitzhahara doesn't know about a ceasefire. He has a gun 24 hours a day, seven days a week by your head. And he uh, he wants to get you to do the wrong thing. And that's the guard that doesn't let us go to our father. That's what Mendel said. And that's what, that's what Reb Yaakov Zarevitcher was singing after this Fabring, sitting on the floor, singing this nigan. There was a lot of, imagine the pain, but I, I, I want to mention that at the end of this Fabring, the uh, word came um, out about this Fabring, what the previous service had said. And um, there was such a inspiration by all of the Hasidim that hundreds of new underground schools were formed. As the uh, words of the Friedrich Rebbe became public knowledge in the language, one of the Hasidim was there, he said, we heard something that our fathers didn't hear, our grandfathers didn't hear. This was a Purim, there was never a Purim like this before. Something that never happened in history. As the Friedrich Rebbe speaks so openly and clearly about what they have to do and, and the sacrifice they have to make. This really, um, I, 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 I forgot also to mention that when the when the, the previous Rebbe knew that the spies of the KGB were there, he knew that they were there, and he, in fact, he, he mentioned the Evsektia with such um, disdain. He said, Yemach Shema, may their name be erased. 
in front of them. They were standing there, and they, and, and, they, and they knew, and the previous Rebbe knew that they knew that um, um, that they're that he's addressing them directly, and he said to them, and they were, they were turning red at the Fabreng, and they knew that. I mean, they're standing there as spies, but they're exposed because the previous Rebbe knows that they're spies. And he said that the that they should be eradicated, that we, we shouldn't have this situation where there are, are are Jews who are trying to destroy Judaism. Anyways, that was um the theme of the Fabrengan, and again the point isn't the uh, sacrifice that was then. This point is is the um the uh, kind of thing that Shem is asking from us today, which is not to give in to mediocrity and to uh Think about it. I think about the key picture. The previous Rebbe standing there, wearing his chest, hitting himself on the chest again and again, saying they have to send your kids to Jewish school. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's going on. It's 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 a, it's it's incredible. And I actually heard from many um that not everyone listened. The kind of, the kind of challenge that they had in those days that we can't imagine. Not everyone listened, despite the previous Rebbe's great intense words. It didn't reach everyone because it was it was so hard. If you went to if you sent your kids to um, to, uh, if you didn't send your kids to school, they would arrest you and they would put your kids in an orphanage. But that was a sacrifice that Hashem wants for the Jewish people. Then and today, Hashem wants us to not to reckon with nature, not to reckon with our own limitations, and to go with as a Mordechai, not to give any 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 um, substa- not to substantiate at all anything other than Hashem Himself. And this is how we're going to go to the victory of the IDF and Eretz Yisrael, directly the Jewish people over the exile, and we should see the coming Mashiach Tzakenu. We won't need to have any more of a scafia, any more of inner struggles or struggles in the world around, because we'll see the Enumavada, we'll see a revelation of Hashem in the world. Um, all right, any uh, questions or comments? Where is the story from? This is uh, uh, from a Fabrengan, the previous Rebbe, and in, in, um, it's printed, this, this Fabrengan.